about it. You know, some of you have just not caught caught the bug. And we can catch a lot of bugs, but I want you to catch this bug tonight, okay? This is a good bug. I want you to catch this, that there's an anointing impart, going to be imparted tonight to you to pray. You know why? Because for 25 years, that's what I've been doing about every day. And, you know, so I'm anointed. God told me that. He said I was anointed to pray. Why? Because I just kept on doing it and doing it and doing it. And even when the answer didn't come, I kept on doing it. And even when I didn't want to do it, I kept on doing it. How many of you just love to pray? How many of you just love to pray? Well, not too many of you, see. And I want you all to love to pray. Because, you know, it's a gift. It's a gift from God. And it is so much more than you've ever thought about it being. And tonight I want you to get a picture of what it is. I don't want you to see it as drudgery or, or something you have to do or, or something that, oh, well, Pastor Virginia's got that prayer focus out and I'm going to have to do it. Well, it's really short, especially for me. It's really short. So you can do that. And I appreciate every one of you that are going through that prayer focus every day. And uh, it's kind of stretching me to get it done, even though they're short. I'm thinking, okay, Sunday we've got to do this again. I've got to have some more written out. So it comes around every week, you know. I thought I'd get a month at a time, but I haven't got that far ahead of you. But anyway, I appreciate you doing that. It wasn't my idea at all. It was God's because if it had been my idea, it wouldn't have worked. But God told me to do it, and he said, do it now. So I did, you know. And it seems to be um, being received. And, and I, I just appreciate you doing that because it sort of binds us together. We kind of know what's going on a little more than we did. Okay, you know, whatever God's doing with me is what you get to hear from me. You know that by now? I taught on core beliefs, and I, I could still teach on core beliefs. They just get me excited every time I think about it. But I know we're going to have to change a little bit and do something different. But um, I asked God, I said, well, are you through with me on core beliefs? I mean, have I, have I conceived that? Remember I told you, you've got to conceive the word. You can't just read the word or quote the word. You have to conceive it like you conceive a child. And you'll carry that word in you till it will be manifested into what you have asked God for. And that's the way it works. And I don't care if you like the plan or not. That is the way it works. And it works every time. If you work it and you never give up. Well, I said, you know, do I have to quit core beliefs, God? And he said, well, that message, he said, you have conceived it. So praise God for that. But he said, uh, I'm, I'm bringing you back around. I don't know how many times I've come back around to prayer, prayer, prayer. And, and, and you know what? You go to a conference on prayer, you won't find very many people there. It doesn't draw people. If I told you I was going to pre preach on prayer tonight, you'd have probably all stayed at home. Prayer is just not something that gets people excited, like, okay, we're going to have the Holy Ghost and his gifts. Well, here they come. You know, they want to hear about that. You're all going to get anointed to lay hands on the sick. Here they come. But when I say you're going to be able to pray, you're going to be able to talk to God and commune with God, and you're going to hear what God says to you, they, they don't want to do that. What is the deal here? I don't know either. Anyway, God said, you're going to teach you're not going to get rid of core beliefs, the word message, the words you speak, and the beliefs that you have have got to line up with the word of God. If they don't, if they're lining up with your parents, forget it. If they're lining up with a church affiliation, forget it. If they're lining up with your friends, forget it. 
It needs to line up with the word. Read the word of God for yourself and be sure what you believe is what God believes. Okay, that's what core beliefs is all about. If you don't believe right, then you're going to have to change it. Well, that's a lot of fun at my age. I was going to say how old, but it's getting on up there. Anyway, God said to me that I would I would be carrying twins. I will be carrying the core beliefs, watching your words, aligning up with God, and the prayer message. And I forget just how he said it. I have it written down in there. But he said, um, you will be changed on the outside as these twins grow on your inside, so much so that you will look different. So I'm telling you, if I begin to look different, you're going to know I'm carrying twins in here, okay? Now, you laugh at me. You men need to get pregnant with the word. Men can get pregnant with the word. I mean, I've seen this deal on TV. It it repels me. This man, you know, the having a, a baby. Now, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you getting pregnant, conceiving the word of God. But that is not my sermon. Okay, I'm going to get back over here and find out my, what my sermon is. Okay. What I'm going to do tonight is I've taken this all out of my journal, so it's rather personal. I, I, had, I had a book I was going to use to get some information. Well, I, I never got to it. I never even got through my journal because when God starts dealing with me, I start writing things in my journal, what he's telling me. So what I'm going to tell you tonight are things that God has told me. And, you know, I don't like for people to get up and say, God told me this and God told me that and God told me this. I really don't like that. So I'm going to try not to say that tonight, but these things are coming from the things that God did tell me. But I'm trying to, to say it in a way that you won't think, well, who does she think she is? God told her this and God told her that. Well, this is over a period of time that I write all these things down, okay? So that when Pastor, Pastor Eric leaves and he forgets to tell me, you know, until three days before, I've got things written down in my journal. So nugget number one, God said to me that he would give me some golden nuggets of revelation as I began to listen to him and to be instructed about prayer. I guess you just never learn, do you, you know? 25 years I've been doing this. I've taught on it many times. You would think I would know something by now, wouldn't you? Well, about the time you think you do, you find out you don't. You know, you get to start over. So this is what I heard. I am a rewarder of your efforts to pray and not just your success in prayer. There it is. I'll read it up there. That is one way I'm so different from the world. You only have to keep on trying in order to be blessed. And when you keep on trying, you have success. I reward you for the process, in the process, on the road to your answer. Do you get that? You don't have to be the greatest prayer that there is. All you have to do is keep trying. All you have to do is keep communicating with God. And you get blessed for trying. Now, I think that's worthy of taking note of. Some of us think, well, I'm just a failure, you know, because I can't even pray a decent prayer. Well, God doesn't, 
doesn't judge your prayer being decent or not decent, good or bad. He judges our heart. So that was my first little nugget. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God, please him. He who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is what? A rewarder of those who seek him. Well, do you know something? You get rewarded just for seeking. That didn't say he rewards those that find him. Although it is, you do get much reward for finding him. But you get rewards just to seek him. Well, how do you seek him? When you pray, when you praise, when you worship, when you meditate on the word, when you do a kind deed for someone, when you pray in tongues. God God is a rewarder of everything that you do for him, and he doesn't miss any tiny little gesture that you make. So I thought that was very interesting. We, we get rewarded just for seeking him. Okay, that, should, that ought to be enough to cause you to want to pray. Prayer is the basis for all the gifts of the Spirit. You know, a lot of you would like to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, gifts of healing and working of miracles and, and gift of faith and, and word of knowledge and word of wisdom and on and on. There's nine of them. But, you know, the basis for that Well, the bottom line is prayer. If you don't even have a prayer relationship with God, you're probably not going to move in those gifts. I'm not going to say you can't because God can do whatever he wants. I mean, he might just land on Sarah and she'd just all of a sudden be full of the gift of faith and just be spouting it out and we'd all just get healed in one little moment. Wouldn't that be great? And God can do that. But I'm telling you, usually... He's going to let you develop a relationship with him. Now, I know you got saved, and, and you're all saved in here, right? If you're not, we'll see that that gets taken care of. Okay, you're all saved. But after that, you've got to develop your relationship, you know. If Winona never talked to her husband, Delbert, they wouldn't have much of a relationship because they've been married 40-some years. How many? They don't even know. 47. See, you, you've got to develop it. You've got to work on it. Anybody that's married has to work on their relationship. Anybody that's not married has to work on relationships too. They just don't have a spouse to work on, okay? Okay. Nugget number two. We do not pray wrong necessarily when we pray, but we don't use all the power that's available to us so we don't see the answer that we desire. Have any of you ever prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for something and you haven't got it yet? But, you know, I just keep, I get a new list. When one list gets done, well, I get me a new one. So I'm going to always have my hand up because I'm never, I'm never going to let God rest. And I'm not going to rest because you can ask my husband. I make lists and write them down. And one by one, God meets and manifests those. And I have to make me a whole new list again. Well, that is great fun. I, I, I challenge you to do that because God delights in answering prayer. Okay, nugget number three. The word and prayer are bonded together forever. 
So we have to continue to read and study, quote and declare, memorize and meditate his word. And we are never, 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 never released from this assignment. Oh, good news, huh? Now, you don't have to do all that every day. You just have to keep God uppermost in your mind during the day. And then you ought to be dreaming dreams from God at night. So I had a bunch of questions here about why do people avoid prayer? Because they don't get answers. What is prayer really? Just communicating with God, listening to God, and him listening to you. Um, Him speaking to you, you speaking to him. Uh, Matthew 5, 17 and 18. This is Jesus speaking with all earnestness. Whoops. Okay, I've got the Living Bible. I'm going to read it out of the Living. With all the earnestness I have to say, every law in the book or the Bible will continue until its purpose is achieved. So if anyone breaks the least commandment and teaches others, so he will be least in the kingdom of heaven. But those who teach God's laws and obey them shall be great in the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on in Isaiah 55:11. he says, his word shall not ever return void, but it shall accomplish what it's sent to do. You send the word, like you send a letter every day. You send out the word. You send the word. You send the word. You send the word into your situation, into your family, into your job, and and whatever you're sending it to, it will be accomplished. doesn't say it'll be accomplished overnight, but it will be accomplished. Why pray? Because Jesus says pray without ceasing. He he prayed. He he had his disciples praying. He taught the disciples to pray because prayer is the line, the connection between God and us. And how do we pray? You pray from your heart. Whatever God's got on your heart, that's what you pray. And to whom do you pray? Maybe you don't know this. You pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus. That's the way you pray. You don't really pray to Jesus. Some people do. But the word says to give thanks always to God the Father through the name of Jesus. And so that's actually the proper way to pray. Now, I'm sure, I, I, I'm sure I've told this story, but there was a, an opportunity that I had that I needed a grade badly. I was about to graduate from college, I, and I had failed the final. I hadn't failed anything in my entire life. I failed the final, and I needed that course. It was American Literature from Stillwater. I was taking it by correspondence. I needed that three hours. And I found out that I failed the final. I went, well, I, was, I was doing my student teaching. My teacher sent me home. She said, you're a wreck. Just go on home. So I went home. My husband was superintendent of school. He was having a board meeting in the middle of the morning. I couldn't get to him. I went home. This was my prayer. Help God. Help God. Oh, God, help me. Help me, God. Lord, help me. Help me. I don't want to do. Help me, God. Help me, God. And for two or three hours, that's what I did. Help me, God. Believe me, that's a prayer. When you're in crisis, you think that wasn't from my heart? Yeah, it was from my heart. God help. Lord help. I mean, I didn't know what else to say. I was not baptized in the Holy Ghost. I didn't have any, all this formal teaching and this wonderful words to say, you know, and no these and thou's. Just help God, help God. Oh, God help. I was just crying, walking all through my house. I kept thinking, Jerry will come home any minute and he'll tell me what to do. But he didn't come home. And I kept praying and praying and praying. If you can call that prayer, I guess you call that prayer. Well, about one o'clock, I thought, I'm just going to call that professor at Stillwater. I 
thought, well, that's a dumb idea, but, you know, what, what, what else can you do? I called. I got him on the phone. Is that not a miracle? He answered the phone. Well, actually, the switchboard answered, and they put, him through to, put me through to him. I told him my situation. And he said, well, said, you failed that final. I thought, I wrote 12 pages. I wrote everything I could think of on that. But, you know, I wasn't sitting in his class. I didn't know what he wanted me to say. So what I said was not what he wanted to hear. But I wrote 12 pages. You ought to know I knew something about what, what it was. He said, uh, you failed the final, and that's the rule. But he said, you know what? I'm just going to give you a D minus. I said, hallelujah. I don't think I even said hallelujah then. But <clears throat> that, was, that was an answer to prayer that I needed right then. And God met me. And I'm telling you, he'll do that. I don't know that I've been in that bad a shape again. <laughs> Praise God. But I know that, you know, God listens to our heart. And my heart was saying, hey, I've exhausted everything I know. There is nobody but you can do this. And I'm leaning hard on you, God. And I was just I was just flabbergasted. By the time my husband got home, bless his heart, in the afternoon, my problem was solved. And you know, I, I still didn't I didn't have sense enough. It took me a while to realize God intervened in my behalf. Then he didn't wait three days or a week. But he doesn't always do it right then. I guarantee. And I didn't plan to tell you that story, so see now that puts me behind again. Um, so why do we give up before the answer comes? I believe we get tired of waiting. What do you think? We begin to think, well, I don't know if God's going to do that, or I must be praying wrong, or, or, you know, maybe that wasn't even the will of God. Maybe he's got something else on his brain, and, and my, my brain's just not in rhythm with him. So what do we do? We get weary in well-doing, and we lose hope and we give up. We don't just, we don't say we give up. We just quit praying. And that's how you fail. That's the only way you can fail is if you give up. You cannot lose with God unless you give up. Okay. I want you to write that down in your little notes tonight. So what qualifies us to pray being a born again believer and why pray if God is sovereign, he can do anything he wants to. Well, he is sovereign. He can do anything he wants to, but he won't because he's bound himself to his word and he's bound himself so much. So by honor and integrity, he says, I will not go past my word. I've given you as human beings the authority to operate in this earth and you have to invite me to help you or I won't help you because I have sworn by my word to let you dominate this earth. So you've got to involve God in it. You, you just can't do a thing without God. Did you know that? That's the real truth, okay? So tonight I want you to understand there are some things that are rightfully yours. You know, you can't go pray like we prayed for healing just now. You can't go to God and pray for healing unless you know that it is absolutely yours to get. See, if, if it's not a legal right for you to get it, then you can ask all day and you won't get it. 
So you have to know that there are some things that are rightfully yours because God said it in his word. Now, there are many, many things, and I don't have time to go through all of them. But I'm going to go through some of them. The first one is fellowship and communion with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit every single day. According to 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And 1 John 1, 3, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also that you may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That is ours every day. Do, you know, I can't hardly wait to get out of bed in the morning and either go sit by my Christmas tree or go upstairs and just... I've been singing to God lately. You ever just sing to God? You know, just singing real soft praises and worship. And, and I, I begin to write down the things that he is. You know, he's amazing and beautiful and delightful. And he's, he's God and he's pure and he's holy and he's salvation. And, and I just go through all things. And I write them down. And I just love on God. And I've got to where I enjoy that. I didn't used to really enjoy that. I thought, people tell me I need to praise and worship first, but I just want to get right into journaling and hear what God has to say. Are you that way? But, you know, I've found I'm just enjoying praising and worshiping him. And then then I just sort of ask for forgiveness because every day, you know, we mess up somewhere. And then I just begin to thank him for my family and my church and for my life group and for, you know, I just, I have about five pages I've written that I'm just thankful for. And, you know, it's just, it, it's just fun to do that. And it doesn't just get to be fun because you do it. You know, you just do it and do it and pretty soon God begins to meet you there and you begin to feel his presence there. And, and, and it just becomes a memorable time, even if he doesn't tell you any great um, nugget of revelation. It's just, I mean, all he has to do is give you one little sentence that'll just make your day. It's kind of like our little prayer focuses. I hope they're hitting people where where they're at because, you know, I just ask the Holy Spirit to give me something, you know, and write down what comes to mind and hope that, that, that those are, are hitting you where you need them well then what else is rightfully yours justice and the scripture is about the unjust judge where the woman just kept coming and coming and coming and she irritated the judge she just wouldn't leave him alone till finally he said all right you know i'll give her the protection she wants and god says how much more will i do that for my children if they'll cry out to me day and night like this woman did i will bring justice to them and you know what? Sometimes we just need to demand justice because the devil is bringing all kinds of garbage that is not what, what is ours. Um, healing is rightfully ours, which you heard from the prayer, and I'm not going to go into the scriptures there. There's at least 40 scriptures on healing, so you can find them. It just takes one. And then there's salvation is ours. And salvation is not only ours, it's for our whole family. <coughs> 
16.31 says, me and my whole house shall be saved. And then wealth and riches are ours. And you say, oh, Pastor Virginia can't get into wealth and riches. Yes, you can. If you don't want to be rich, shame on you. Shame on you. The body of Christ needs money to do, to send people to, to foreign countries, to bring people from foreign countries here, to do the work of the ministry, to advance the kingdom of God. If you don't want it, then you should want it to give away, to bless ministries, to bless people, to bless the sick, to bless the, the poor. I mean, you should want to be rich, not to be putting it on yourself, but you should want to be rich to pay your bills to have your bills paid, to live debt-free. I believe God intended for us to live debt-free and be a blessing to others. And so wealth and riches are. Did you know how rich Abraham was and Isaac and Jacob? Do you understand how rich David and Solomon were? I mean rich in land and livestock and servants and family, money. They were rolling in the dough, I want you to know. And were they godly? God, uh, David was a man after God's own heart, even sinning as he did. He was wealthy. Not always. He lived with 600 mighty men, were they, in a cave for a while. But he, he ended his life as king and wealthy. I'm sure there's many that were wealthy. And who made him wealthy? God. Okay. Um. I'm just leaving out so much. I'm probably driving them crazy on the soundboard. Um, what else is rightfully yours? It's, it's your right to have every need met. Well, I'm going to give you some scriptures on wealth. You probably don't think there's any in there. Proverbs 10:22 says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no sorrow to it. Hey, you're pretty good up there. 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11. You'll be made rich in every way. Oh, I caught them on that one. Oh, they're starting before me. I'm going to have to read mine. You started ahead of me. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Uh, Psalm 1 says that everything you set your hand to would prosper. 1 John 3 says, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Well, how does your soul prosper? It prospers when you get it under control by of your spirit, and it understands that everything God has said is really true, and everything God has said he really wants to do, and riches and uh, wealth are really for you too. It's for the whole body of Christ. It's not for a few people to, to run to Europe to have lunch or to spend it on evil, evil things. But it's for the body of Christ. And I believe the wealth of the wicked will be transferred to the body of Christ. Okay, the peace of God is something else that's rightfully yours. Jesus said, my peace, I give you the peace that passes all understanding. The joy of the Lord is something that's rightfully yours. And every day the devil comes to steal it. Every day he tries to take it away from you. And lots of days he gets it, doesn't he? But, but the word says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But you know what it says besides that? If I can find it. Nehemiah 8.10. Oh, she's already, man, you guys are really at it up there. Am I giving you a hard time? 
Then he said to them, Go eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved. Do not be grieved. How many of you go down? Well, I don't know what the economy's going to do. What are we going to do about all this stuff that's going on in the United States? What about this new president? What are we going to do? It says, Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you know what? If you're not strong, then you need to tap that joy button a little bit and let it out. Let the joy begin to overtake you. And there's one I left out here. It's your right to have all your needs met according to Philippians 4.19. You know that scripture that he supplies all your need according to the world. No, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He, oh, he surpasses what the world would do. And then also, am I going fast forward here? I feel like it. Uh, I'm trying to get way more in tonight than I've got time for. What? <laughs> you can rewind me. Oh, that would be funny. Um, I know I got one more here. What did I do with it? Oh, it's rightfully yours to take back everything the devil has stolen from you. It's your right. You know, you can sit down and make a list of all he's taken from you, and you can demand he pay back at least double. I have a scripture for that. Um, Exodus twenty two seven. If a man gives his neighbor money or goods to keep for him and it's stolen from the man's house, if the thief is caught, he must pay double. And I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing, 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 nothing shall by any means harm you. So what do you do? You bind the strong man and you take back what he's taken from you. Joel 24 says that I will make up to you for the years that the locust ate. How many of you had locust in your home or in your field? or in your job, or in your marriage, or in your family, eating and eating and devouring things. It's enough. Tell the devil it's enough. According to Joel 2, 24 and 25, God is restoring what the canker worm has eaten. And so when God restores, it'll be better than it was even at the beginning. Okay, so I want to give you, these are on your sheet if you have a, sheet 12 keys to prayer now i want you to know these are just 12 things that i just i didn't get them i just got them from the holy ghost just thinking about prayer okay there is no one two three answer or way that you're going to get the answer to prayer number two there's knowing who you're asking number three there is knowing who you are in christ jesus Number four, there is the authority and the power of the one that you are asking. Number five, there is knowing your legal right or what is rightfully yours already. Number six, there's the specific scripture that gives you your legal right. Number seven, there's being able to locate these scriptures in the Bible. Eight, there is asking God. Nine, there is believing when you ask that you will receive it. I would love to preach on that, and that's what I wanted to preach on, but I didn't even get near to that. And there is speaking it forth before you can actually see it. We call that faith. <coughs> There's being thankful during the waiting. That's the hardest part of all. Just keep waiting. God knows where you're at. 
what you're doing. He's bringing the answer. You just have to believe that every single day. Barbara and Mark, he's bringing the answer for total health and healing to your daughter and her family because we're praying for that, and he will answer that because it's his will. It is not his will for them to be sick, and so it is his will. And number 12, there's giving God the glory when it comes. Don't ever take the glory for yourself, not even for your prayers. Okay, now that kind of sounded complicated, and I don't want to sound complicated. I'm here to uncomplicate prayer. But you know what? Hosea 4, 6 says that you perish for lack of knowledge, and the body of Christ does perish, and God does have some things that, that he says, you're going to do it this way. Sorry, but you know, most of the time he gives you free reign to flow in the Holy Ghost, but there are a few things that he wants you to do like he wants you to do them. And it's just best if you do it God's way, okay? Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you to pray. That's the biggest thing you can do. He wants to teach you. You know, prayers are prayers more than words, but words are the power or the gasoline that runs the engine. When we use God's words, they go from our mouth right to God's ear, and we can know we found the powerful principle to commune with him. Now, this... This came right from God. Words are the power to propel desires, thoughts, ideas, precepts, principles, knowledge, hope, faith, love, peace into your atmosphere. And then it comes here to my ears and my heart. That is why my words from your mouth have a power unlock anything in this universe. So do your homework and pray my word to me, for it contains the power to come directly to me. And it also contains the answer, although the answer is hidden from you temporarily. Now, that came from God's mouth, so he writes on a little different level than me. Did you get that? Our words are full of power, when, especially when we are quoting God's word, full of power. We're speaking it into the atmosphere, then we are speaking the most powerful things in the universe. That's what he said. Prayer's our lifeline. It's our connection to God. Journaling is a form of prayer. I told you that. Making decrees, being thankful, confessing the word, quoting the word are a form of prayer. You know, you can't put prayer in 12 steps or three principles or five keys. You just can't do it. Prayer is a relationship with God. And that's why it's hard, because everybody's different. So don't try to pray like I pray. Don't try to be like Debbie or Susan or Sarah or Linda or Winona. Pray your personality. Pray from your heart, okay? God says have faith in God. If you don't have any faith for something, don't pray about it because it didn't go on anywhere anyway because faith is what sends it out. God says, I want to see your faith, not how you say it. When you use my word as your legal right and ask me, you've used your faith because my word is filled with faith. So as you speak it, faith fills you and the atmosphere and sends the prayer to me. That's why my word is so important. It is your legal right to ask, and your faith expressed, and your request is heard. Then you just trust me to know the exact timing 
to deliver your answer. Well, sometimes we'd like to help God in the timing, wouldn't we? I mean, after all, God, it's been, um, you know, 15 years. Isn't it time yet? Have any of you prayed for anything 15 years? No. But, you know, you're going to win if you never, never give up. It's hard to wait on the Lord because we're not a people that likes to wait at all on anything. Mark eleven twenty three and 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whatsoever you say to this mountain. Well, where's the, where are we? Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will happen. I didn't know what it says, but therefore I say to you all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you've received them when? Right then, and you shall have them, shall be granted to you. You could live in that scripture. If you get a hold of it, I've told you, Kenneth Hagin preached on it for 12 years, the same scripture. How would you like that if every Sunday morning Eric preached on the same scripture? Pretty soon you would think you got it. But if you got it, you would not have one need unmet. And probably no desire. I don't think I said that well ago. You're, you're entitled to the desires of your heart. Because God says in Psalm 37 that he gives you, if you delight yourself in the Lord, then he'll give you the desires of your heart. So you see, you can't go wrong if you find the word and pray the word and believe that God is really true and he means what he says, then you can have it. There's no way the devil can stand against you when you're agreeing with God. And the devil knows how powerful your prayers are. See, we don't know how powerful they are, but he does. He knows every time you get down on your knees or, or you just start praying, you know, you release a power that, it, that cannot be released any other way. You've got to speak it out loud. Speak it out loud. It just cracks through, crashes through all the atmosphere and goes right to God. And the devil starts shaking in his boots. Do you know that? Because the answers start flying through the heavens. They, they start coming back. God always answers immediately, but we don't always get it immediately because it's delivered in his timing. So we get to wait. But 1 John five fourteen is a great scripture. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything, anything, do you hear me? Anything according to his will. Well, what is his will? It's the word. So all you got to do is find out in the word and then pray it. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we can know, 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 you get me, that we have the request we've asked of him. See, we don't need to go around thinking, oh, God, I hope you hear my prayer. I hope you answer my prayer. No, he, he heard it. If you, if you asked using the word, you have done what you're supposed to do. He has heard your prayer. Now, you're just supposed to jump up and down and say, thank you, God, I can hardly wait. You've got to act like it's done. You've got to talk like it's done. And the first time you say, well, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, just we'll start over. <coughs> You just messed it up, so start again. Don't say that. Just act like, you know, it's not hard to say, um, um, you know, somebody calls you up and say, you've just won tickets to the ball game uh, on Monday night. You just come by the office and pick them up. And you say, oh, great. You don't say, oh, I've got to pray about that, and I'll have to believe God. I'll have to believe God every day. You just believe that, that they're going to do that, don't you? 
why don't we do that with God? Why don't we just pray and believe that he heard our prayer and that he's going to do what we've asked of him because we asked according to his will? I mean, is that hard? Prayer, uh, this is what God told me. I know this sounds kind of silly, but it doesn't sound silly to me. It may sound silly to you. He said, prayers like Oklahoma Avenue in Woodward. It's a thoroughfare on which you travel, along with many others, to get to your, to your destination. Oh, my, it's one minute after eight. <laughs> I don't think I got on it, but I'm almost done. And he says, you know, as you're going along here, you can, you can get distracted. There'll be billboards pop up, and they'll say, you know, Come over here. We got a little little party going on over here. Come on over here. Or or it can be it can be good things that, that distract you. You know, it can be uh computers. Uh it can be uh family. It can be uh reunions. It can be jobs. It can be extra jobs. It can be all numbers of things, but they just pop up. And so you take a little turn off here on the right and pretty soon you realize you're getting further away from God and you aren't going where He's directed you, right? So you have to get back on Oklahoma Avenue, right? See what else I got here. (sighs) Don't let the distractions of billboards to advertise those other things that the enemy places on your road. Don't listen to them. Don't look at them. Conversation, sleeping, exercising, shopping, cooking, cleaning, parties. Um, They're not bad things, but they'll keep you from your number one priority, which is God. I have a number four nugget and number five nugget, and I'm done. Number four is praying is for us what worship and praise is for us. It causes us to connect with God, releases his power through us to receive whatever we need. And number five, God says, when I say seek the kingdom of heaven and my righteousness, it isn't for me. It's for you. Because when you do this, all things you need will come to you. So I want you to know that God has given us dominion. He, he gave up his life on, on the cross. He provided eternal life for us. He sent the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. And he says, all I do is for you. It's not for me. Did you know that whatever promises God has made to us, He's bound to them. So every law in there that we have to obey, God has to obey that too. Did you know that? Because he bound himself to his word. So if you're complaining about having to obey the word, God has to obey the word. And that was a real revelation to me. I just never thought about God having to. I mean, he has to because he bound himself, obligated himself not to do anything contrary to his word. So if the word says, don't do this, God doesn't do it. If it says, do this, God does it. Prayer solves problems, gives calmness over anxiety and worry, brings peace of mind, divine guidance, causes life to be positive, is the greatest relaxing therapy in the world, and makes it easier to glide over life's bumps. Father, I thank you for this word tonight. Even though I spit it out on high, running high gear. I, I, I bind this word to these people that it would go into their heart, God, that it would get a heart to pray, 
and that they would see those answers and they would be able to come back and say, yes, prayer works, prayer works. And the more that we get to come together in agreement, the greater the anointing is. So, Lord, I thank you for the corporate prayer that went forth. We're all in agreement for the people that we prayed for to be healed. And, Lord, we just thank you for this night, for taking us to our homes safely and bringing us back again on Sunday. And, Lord, I ask you to bless these people in Jesus' name. Amen.